As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sifpa Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, Aaron and Andrew fight over who had the best pet dragon when they were growing up. It's Sifpa. Sorry, man. Mine was better. I still think Duncan was the greatest pet <laughs> dragon of all time. Roger has Duncan beat hands down. <laughs> Duncan ain't nothing. Duncan ain't squat. Welcome to Sif Pop uh, with Aaron, Andrew, and usually Danae. Danae under the weather today, so it'll just be Andrew and I. This is the Y chromosome pop podcast. I tell you, man, the guys are back in town. Uh, streaming live on Mixler every Friday or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. Patrons get those perks. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else is on our pop culture minds. I should probably take that off because... We don't have a guru this We don't week. have a guru again this week. All my gurus you, are busy. You get into a, uh, a a vibe of just reading, you know, to where know. the teleprompter, you, you pull a Ron Burgundy. That's right, yeah. Or so. uh, my favorite was when Jim Carrey changed the teleprompter on uh, Steve Carell, Steve Carell. in uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Oh, that scene is absolutely the best. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit of Pete's Dragon today. We're going to chat a little bit of Sausage Party, an appropriate movie for the All Guy podcast. Uh, <laughs> and then then we're going to, uh, we're also going to play some uh, Best Ever Challenge uh, and do some Buried Treasure towards the end. Um, before we get into our Do We Care... Have you been watching the Olympics? Yes, I have. I just thought I'd cha- we'd chat a little bit about kind of the pop culture experience of the Olympics. What is that like for you? The Olympics for me is everything else in my life is off. It is 100% Olympics. Unfortunately, oh, you're in. You're like I am all 100% in. in. Okay. Like, uh, as, like I said before, whenever last week I was in Philadelphia, I was up there to review Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't doing that, was I out enjoying the spectacle of Philadelphia? Was I going to the zoo and stuff like that? No, I was in my hotel room <laughs> watching the Olympics, watching Simone Biles, Katie Ledecky. Uh, who else do I watch? I, obviously, I watch... Well, it's uh, been mostly gymnastics and swimming, at least in the primetime coverage. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's I also been some watch a, table tennis and some badminton. I'm a huge fan of Jennings and Ross. I'm a huge fan of beach ball, volleyball. Okay. That's my thing to watch. Yeah. Well, I know right before we went on, and this was kind of got me thinking of the, that maybe we talk about this. You were like, oh, man, such and such lost. And I don't know if it's a spoiler uh, or not. but uh, Yeah, just in case people like to like watch it on their own. We won't. But that's part of my question about how you interact with it. Do you watch the primetime coverage? Do you watch the television coverage? Do you watch it on your like on the app? Like, How do you interact with it? Uh, mainly television. I watch the live events. I, and the ones I can't, like, you know, like there's a higher profile game going on at the same time, this lesser profile. I'll catch highlights of that one later mm-hmm. on, or I'll catch YouTube highlights because YouTube is really good. Like uh, on YouTube, they have a trending section. And r- during the Olympics, pretty much their trending section is everything going on that you missed pretty much. See, I have the. Have you checked out the app at all? See, uh, I have not because I've heard you have to pay for the app. No, I have really okay. I think you have to have uh, a, like a television service provider that you I, sign into. And I don't. Okay, so, so. You, you sign into. But here's basically the thing with the app is the coolest channel on the app because the app is basically you can watch everything. Sure, you sure. know any sport that's going on the you know the actual broadcast. But the coolest channel they have is the gold channel, and it's. Always showing every single event that a gold medal is on the line. So oh, really? if it's a final or if so, it's it'll have it. You know, if there's three events going on right now that all have a gold, it'll split screen them or whatever. So like it is always you know the medals are on the line on that channel. So it's kind of interesting in that way, huh? So to check that one out for well, since I don't have a technical, cable I'll have provider. to get a free month to Directv. Yeah, there we go. But uh, no, no. Whenever Olympics comes on, I am insanely patriotic it brings that out of me whenever america wins gold i stand up hand over heart whenever the whenever oh, the, the it's it a good year it's a good year for that it's cursed with all these injuries not just the american side but like all over I was gonna people say, are getting hurt bad yeah the male gymnast one is one that comes to mind the leg yeah i saw that live oh and, uh also Ugh. uh i love the, my my thing about that is when the announcer was like Everybody just look away. Yeah, Everybody look, just look, like, look away. Look, away. look, we'll make our own decision. Yeah. But yeah, I want to look away. Okay. Um, the uh, horrible bike wrecks that were happening this week. I heard about those. I didn't see them. I saw, um, I was watching Female, which was a heart-wrenching final if you're from America. But uh, yeah, I am all about the Olympics. Yeah. Curious about what they're going to do with the future of the Olympics, like the rumors and stuff. What are the rumors? That it's just so um, expensive cost billions of dollars yeah. for countries to build these arenas yeah. that go to Nowhere. waste afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. So the rumors are some beautiful, going on. There's some beautiful and depressing pictures online of former Olympic sites mm-hmm. that are just absolutely destroyed. So they have the Olympics all the way through t- uh, 2024, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to Tokyo and then... I think back to Los Angeles. I know next time it's in Tokyo. I don't think they've announced Los Angeles yet, have they? Okay. I would have thought I would have heard more about that, but, but maybe not. they're thinking about after that, they're just going to have it in Greece. Every year? Every every I, four years. I have I have no problem with that. I, I have said they should go to a either a same location or a handful of rotating locations mm-hmm. for a long time because yeah. you're absolutely right. As much as the economy of an area is boosted for that week or two, mm-hmm. it is destroyed after that and... And honestly, Greece needs the money, so <laughs> they're not doing so hot. Maybe that's a reason not to have it there, Andrew. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that's a, a huge tourist attraction. You build those centers once, yeah. and they're there. It's yeah. not like you're having to upkeep 
for four years, you can let and them go. And that's the reason to keep it in the same places, I think. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Do We Care. Okay. okay. Andrew's going to read some pop culture headlines, and we'll uh, talk about whether we care enough to uh, go a little deeper. All right. So the first Do We Care, David Fincher is in talks right now to direct World War Z2. Wow. Absolutely, I care. Yeah. Because obviously David Fincher and Brad Pitt have a very rich history of making excellent was the, movies Was the first together. movie they did together seven? I think it was seven because that was 96 and then Fight Club came out in 99. I don't know if this this if it should be on my list of shame or if, or whatever. I have never seen seven. Really? I've never sat through it. It, it came at a time before I was watching a lot of movies mm-hmm. and also um, uh, just seemed really dark to me and like something I didn't want to put myself through. And then by the time... You know, I was a fan of Fincher's other work or other mm-hmm. things he'd done. I was like, I just, I don't know that the way people talk about it, it just seems so dark and depraved. I don't know that I need to go visit it. It is probably one of the darkest movies I've ever seen, but that does not take away from the fact it is one of the most intoxicating movies I've ever seen where you just can't wait to see what happens on screen next because Morgan Freeman gives an astounding performance. Brad Pitt gives an astounding performance. Uh, what I'm having a, having a brain fart here. Um, House of Cards. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey yeah. gives an amazing performance. All around, love that movie. Okay, so but you'd recommend I visit it, even though it's you know several years ago. And... It is several years ago, and keep in mind, everybody's saying it's one of the darkest movies. They're not sugarcoating it. Right, one of the darkest movies ever. And I feel like I kind of, and I already know the big reveal because it's hard to keep that stuff that long out of your you know pop culture consciousness. What's in the box? Yeah, exactly. I already yeah. know that just through you know skits and other things. But that doesn't um, take away from the intensity of that scene because actually I saw um, I saw that movie late as well, and I heard the whole "What's in the Box" thing. Didn't know what it was in reference to until it was happening mm. in the movie. Yeah. So kind of different for me because I didn't. I heard the reference, didn't know what it was tied to so let's talk specifically about world war z um and what he's going to do with it did you like the original world war z love the book and i love the movie i have the ability in my mind to separate the two and say that they they're are different not, that they're different and that they're not entwined at all there are some things i really liked about world war z mm-hmm. I, I i thought there were some really interesting things and there were other parts especially some of the plot stuff that i just i didn't buy into i didn't you know some of the stuff lost me uh, was a little bit too far fetched for me to, you know, kind of uh, do suspension of disbelief. Um, but you know, fast zombies like is the a, swarm. The swarm amazing. zombies are incredible and such an interesting concept. So that, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what he does with it. Yeah, for sure. What's Great next? Move. Number two. Really excited about this one. Charlie Hunnam and Rami Malek will be the two leads in the Papillon remake. Boy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what do you think about that old Dustin Hoffman, Steve McQueen movie? I can't even, re- I can't even remember that movie. Really? Yeah. So you're talking the kid from Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot, and it, then Sons of Anarchy, and then Sons of Anarchy, aka Pacific Rim, dude. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about why this excites you so much. So I'm always a fan. One of my favorite genres of films is prison break movies, mm-hmm. like Escape from Alcatraz, Papillon, um, even. Uh, what's an uh, um, Shawshank Redemption? I had a huge brain fart there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've just that thought of doing the impossible and breaking out. Yeah, and Papillon was an amazing movie. Obviously, is that the one where McQueen's sitting in the cell, bouncing the ball off the wall, yeah. and Chicken Run kind of plays with it a little bit? Um, with kind of some of that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. 
can't recommend that movie enough. And I've just I've always been a huge Steve McQueen fan from like Magnificent Seven and all of his movies. So. But why can't they just make like another cool Prison Break movie instead of having to remake? You know this one. Is there something specific about this one you think will work well as a remake? I think on it probably it was an amazing story because correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but I think Papillon's based on a true story. Okay, about um a prison like uh uh they were prisoners of war. So, okay, and I think please correct me if I'm wrong, but um uh, also another reason the name Papillon's going to make money. Yeah, that's another huge reason. Well, why I know they're... why they do it. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. I would. I would just. I don't know. In these kind of cases, and we're about to talk about a remake. You know, mm-hmm. Pete's Dragon. It just seems like every movie is either a sequel or a remake, and it's just like, can we find some new ink for, instead of you know going back to the well? You know. And so. I think that sometimes a remake is unique in its own right, where the only thing with it is just the name. Mm-hmm. So I think Ghostbusters is a good example of that. It's yeah. It's totally different from the first one, whether you like the new one or not. We did. So. Yeah. Well, so call it something else. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Or do something else with it. All right. What else you got? Final one. Thomas Gibson has been fired from ABC's Criminal Minds after a physical alter- altercation on what? set. Yes. Permanently fired from Criminal Minds. I've never watched Criminal Minds. I know a lot of people do. It's one of the most popular shows on TV. Yeah. Main actor has been fired for getting in a fight on set. Man, you hear about this kind of stuff, right? Uh, let me just answer the initial question. I actually don't care about kind of the... It feels a little more gossipy to me, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the behind the scenes, I like more of like, you know, what's happening on the screen than sure. off the screen. Yeah, I get uh, that. Unless the off the screen stuff is telling me how the on the screen stuff is done. But as far as who's dating who or who's fighting who, I usually don't get into that stuff. But it is interesting because you hear often about like bad blood on these TV shows, especially, mm-hmm. and you just wonder, man, you guys are, I mean, you've kind of got it made, you know? Yeah. You, you're making a really good living playing pretend, like just yeah. get along with each other, you know? So the BDG in the chat asked uh, the, that they heard he was just suspended. It was an hour ago that they announced he was permanently fired. Wow. So... And that's when it becomes huge, because obviously the audience is going to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the <laughs> you know? main star of the show is gone. So, um, But man, I, I just, that's what I always just think, like, you know, keep your stuff together, you know? Yeah. It's just like, what, I mean, if you're, ty- if you're that tired of it and you don't like people that much, find a way to bow out gracefully. Yeah. Instead of starting a fist fight, I just, I don't get it. But I, I have a different personality than that, too, so. I don't think actors get to collect unemployment, so. <laughs> <laughs> how does that work i have I no know. idea how that works so do you watch any of the shows that are like the csi crime procedural shows on tv is that your bag not the not the procedurals stuff like uh what's the new hbo one that's blowing minds left and right uh with john Turturro. do you know what i'm talking about oh, night of night of that's those I watch. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a crime procedural. That's more of like an overarching but, story. But I'm saying like I don't watch the procedurals. If I'm going to watch a crime show, the yeah. night of shows like that. Yeah, those we're are the telling ones a story. Grab. Like that crime of the week thing where it's like, oh, we found a clue and we're trying to figure out who did it. And there's just so many of them. The only ones I get into are ones with really quirky personalities. Yeah, like a burn notice and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that show's even on still. But I, or, or like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. Well, House. 
which technically is a doctor show, but it's kind of that same format, you know? My favorite show of all time. It has so. a really interesting center person. Uh, when uh, Tim, was it Tim Roth was on the, was it Lie, Lie to, to me? me? That was an amazing show. Yeah, that's the kind, or, or the guy that was on The Mentalist. Like, if it's got somebody at the center that I really enjoy, then I can stick with it. But, like, the CSIs, I just, I can't do them. Yeah. They're just, they're too obvious to me anymore. And just, I don't know, there's not a lot going on. Exactly, yeah. Well, the thing with like the Mentalist, House, and Lie to Me, they were uh, procedurals, but there was always a underlying backstory that proceeded throughout the seasons. So yeah. there was a story there. Yeah, like so, the Red John stuff and, yeah, and that kind of stuff. Exactly. No, totally. But I've actually never watched Criminal Minds, um, so I, I can't really comment on the show itself. But, you know, if, Andrew, if you and I, you know, have an altercation okay. or whatever, you are free to fire me, you know, just okay. like, fire me from my own show. Yeah. We'll just so, we'll go our separate I'll ways. Just, I'll just need a key for downstairs, I think so we'll, I can come in and record <laughs> with all your equipment. In. I think we'll be fine as long as we don't bring up the good dinosaur. Uh, I, mean, I think we'll be all right. No, no, no. Remember, I agreed with you. That's how I got the job. Oh, that's right. So, that's right. We're on the same page now. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, how can you not love that? Gets me every time. That's from the original Pete's Dragon. Like yeah. 1973. 77. 77, I was born! I existed when it came out! <laughs> I don't know about you, but... Uh, no, I, I was a few years off from that one. I, uh... I used to watch this movie all the time. We had it was oh, one of the yeah. fir- it was one of the first VHS cassettes we had. My grandfather, my mom's dad, worked for RCA, so we had one of the very first VHS cassette players ever because he had access to all the cool you know stuff from the RCA company. RCA made in America. That's right, and uh, and so we had the Pete's Dragon video, and we would watch that over and over and over again. And so when I saw they were making a new one. I was absolutely curious, and it totally hits that nostalgia button, but as we start to talk about Pete's Dragon, I guess we could start by saying, certainly not the same movie. I was just about to say that it didn't hit the nostalgia for me at all, because... Not while watching it. I just meant while thinking about it. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, I got you now. But no, this... I mean, there's, you know, a boy named Pete. Yeah. And there's a dragon. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I think all that's right in the title. Uh, but beyond that... Uh, the story is very, very different from the yeah. original. It's a completely different story, which I kind of like. I and mean, maybe we'll talk about that yeah. uh, a little bit soon. But, you know, it's a story about a boy and his dragon and a town that is coming to terms with, you know, what's it mean when a boy has a dragon and do they believe him and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about Pete's dragon. Let's do it. All right, Andrew, what did you think overall? Did you like it? Love it? It was okay, hated it, disliked it. This movie was phenomenal. You loved it! It was so good. I went into this movie actually with fairly low expectations. Oh, that's a good, that's a good I've thing never seen. I've never seen anything that David Lowry, who's the director, I've never seen anything he's done. He's not. This is his like big debut, really. Uh, the only thing I know is he has an amazing mustache like me, so he got points <laughs> for that. That's it. That's the only reason you liked it so much. Yeah. But, uh, oh man, the performances. This movie was... From beginning to end, incredible. What'd you think? I, I did not love it as much as you did. Really? But I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I can't quite go to love it. There's just some flaws, and I think we'll get in 
uh, to those. Now, also, we are just coming off of seeing this movie. Oh, I guess we should say that we, we left the theater to come here. Yeah, we so. drove from the theater. This is one of those rare movies anymore where they did not have Thursday previews. And yeah. so we were not able to is screen that, it last is night. Is that why we... I thought we had to decide between No, no, no. The other it one. was not showing last night. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, um... On it, you want to know something? Out of all the movies I've seen this year so far, this is number six. Wow. It's way up there. Um, I, you know, I don't think I'd put it that high. And let's start with the good stuff, because we both liked it. We both really liked it. So let's talk about, uh, talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you start? What was something you really loved about it? Oaks Fegley, the kid who played Pete... Okay. In phenomenal. He did such a good job. Like, yeah. His performance had me tearing up in a few parts of this movie. So I was 100% on board with him. Bryce Dallas Howard. She's always great. Yeah. And honestly, this is going to be funny. I could listen to Robert Redford tell tall tales <laughs> all day long. I know. The story story towards the beginning has him talking, you know, telling a story. And I'm just like, yep, I'll just sit here and listen to Robert Redford tell me stories. For the rest that's of, all I need. Yeah, He's exactly. amazing. No, Redford's great in it. Uh, the only weak spot was probably Carl Urban. Like, I didn't think he was great. He just seemed to be basically, you know, bones from Star Trek <laughs> in a different movie. Yeah. Maybe you can shed some light. Maybe you agree or disagree on this. So everybody in this treated this movie like it was not quirky and hokey, except for him. That's a good point. I think that's exactly the point. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else treated it like this is realistic, legit. legit yeah, yeah. Except for him. He was a little slapstick about it. I agree. So. And and I wonder if that's just kind of his mode. Yeah. Like, have you seen him in a role where he's able to be like, you know, have the more gravitas, that kind of thing? Dread. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Lord but of the even, Rings. But even Dread is a little bit, you know... I think he was pretty toned down in uh, the Lord of the Rings series. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think he was, you know, seemed to be treating it like a like a cartoon when everybody else was aware, oh, we're doing, an, you know, like a real life yeah. thing now. I'm not saying he was bad. He he just stood out. Right. So Especially amongst all the other great performances. Exactly. You touched on something that I would say is my best thing about the movie, which mm-hmm. is the emotion. Yeah. I was not expecting this movie to tug on me like it did. I mean, a there were lots. Yeah. There were probably I'm going to say 3. There may have been 4 moments where I'm like what is going on in my heart? Like I'm just like yeah. you you got me. I like the combination of the music, the story, the acting, the, you know, yeah. um and I and I just I did not expect to feel this much for an obviously fake dragon. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know. Fake I'm an furry adult dragon. male. I know this is not a real creature. Yeah. But, you know, it was just really interesting that oh, way. Oh, Elliot was tugging on... Elliot the dragon was tugging mm-hmm. on my heartstrings a bunch in this movie, too. Yeah, for sure. And so. maybe we can get into more specific reasons, you know, when we talk spoilers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I don't want to give anything away. But suffice to say... Um, it's, it's, I wouldn't call it a tearjerker. It's not like that kind of movie where, you know. It got me in a few times. Yeah, but it's an emotional movie. And I think there's a a different, it's not like a movie that is, um, maudlin or something like that. I'm I'm thinking of like, you know, Old Yeller or something like that. But it's, but it's definitely an emotional movie. Yeah. And I thought that was really good. What else did you like? Um, the, the atmosphere. Like, I walked away from this movie with, a refound appreciation for nature mm-hmm. and just, you know, the way that humanity treats not only nature but also each other, they they hit you hard in this movie with that overtones of the way that 
respect and love and stuff and how far we've gotten away from the way childlike innocence is Mm -hmm. just what do you think on that i i noticed at the beginning i was actually worried about it at the beginning because at the beginning i thought oh no is this going to be preachy is this going to be environmentally preachy which i i am you know totally on board with taking care of our planet but there are some movies that you know that's what the whole thing is about and this movie was not that at all but right at the beginning, because I guess of the setting and those kind of things, I'm like, oh, okay, I see. The big villain here is going to be, you know, humanity cutting down trees. And the that, fern gully. Yeah, approach. yeah, exactly. And that, but that wasn't the case, and so I that worry was unfounded. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I think this movie did a good job. I I found themes of belonging in here, themes of you know what it means to have somebody who has your back, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dedication, loyalty, those kind of things that I thought were really really beautiful here as well so yeah Yeah. i thought the emotion tied a lot on kind of the thematics of the movie as well what'd you Mm -hmm. think about the design loved it uh cgi the it was it got me it was like i was on board i never thought like uh that part's a little cheesy or anything like that everything from beginning to end the design cgi i didn't know how i was going to feel about a furry dragon i was just going to bring that up yeah he's covered in fur he's not like well, the not only that, scale. he's kind of goofy. He's a dog. He's a dog he's, with wings. And, and this is where I, I bring Neverending Story in. He's much more Falcor, he's Falcor than he is you know, Game of Thrones dragons or something like that. You know? Something that they did keep in tone with from the original, he doesn't talk. Right. So He grunts, yep, and I appreciated that. Uh, that is the part about the design that blows my mind more than anything, is that they managed to walk that tightrope tight of kind of goofy you know furry weird dragon Mm -hmm. but it felt real like it really felt like it was in that environment even though you know that you know that is not a creature that exists did andy circus have anything to do with this (laughs) i mean i don't think so (laughs) but it definitely had you know that feel to it where you know you feel emotion from an animal that he's done that andy circus has done in like a kong or Planet of the Apes, you know, where facial expressions are prominent in emitting emotion from a character. Mm -hmm. And they did it phenomenally in this movie. I totally agree. Um, Anything else you want to mention on the positives before we kind of bridge into some of the things we didn't like about it, which I may have more than you, apparently? Okay, yeah. Uh, I say we just jump right into that then. Um, I think this this movie could have used a little more humor. Really? I I really do. At times, I was feeling bored. It wasn't a lot, but there were times where the pace was, was, you know, a little slower, and that's not awful, by the way. I don't mind when a movie is deliberate. In fact, the BFG had kind of a similar thing earlier this year when it came out. Very deliberate, slower, Spielbergian kind of feel to it. Wasn't a fan of that movie. And 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 I don't I don't mind when a movie decides to have a slow pace, but I still want it to keep me engaged. And I think because there wasn't a ton of humor in this it didn't kind of keep me engaged through those slower moments for me. This movie isn't, it doesn't try to be a comedy. It tries to be a happy, it, it, there's a difference between comedy and happy. And this movie definitely leans more towards happy, feel joy. good, and joy yeah, yeah. than it does comedy. So Yeah, and, and I think I could have used some comedy. There were a couple moments, and I won't spoil them specifically, maybe I will in the spoilers, where there were some jokey things um, and I thought, you know what? I actually could have used more of that. And they weren't cheesy. They were just kind of, you know, like a side character, you know, doing something funny. And I was just like, 
you know, I think I could have used a little bit more of those kind of moments. They set up so many possibilities for jokes, but they didn't deliver on most of them. Yeah, so that was definitely something something that I felt. Now that you mention it, I do agree with that. Maybe I was just looking at so many other things that... But yeah, you're right. Because some of the best, like even emotional movies, they have a lot of those humor beats, you yeah. know? You know, jokes are fun. You know, I think of even movies like... Um, Star Wars, you know, the latest Star Wars, you know, there was so much funny in that movie. It wasn't yeah. a comedy, yeah. but it had an idea of how to have a great sense of humor all the way through. And I don't know that this movie does that. So that was one of the big things for me. Was there anything for you that you didn't like? Yeah, there were a couple things. Um, most of them are spoiler-esque. I will just say the very last shot in this movie, I was not a fan of. Okay. So... And I would like to get into more specifics about that because I cannot think in my mind why that would be. Okay. So, so we'll save that for the spoiler cast. Yeah. And I'll be curious to know. Like I said, most of my dislikes are spoilers, so I'll just save those. Okay. But overall, we had a good time. Yeah. Really Re- enjoyed it. Really good movie. Do you think as you reflect on it more, mm-hmm. you'll start to like it more? Or do you think it'll it'll you know slack on you? Because different movies do different things, and it's hard to tell sometimes. And that's the problem with reviewing a movie immediately after right. you see it. Because There's no time for reflection. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe uh, it'll settle more, and I'll be like, oh, maybe it wasn't as hyped up as I was. But for right now, love this movie. It was great. There you go. What would you give it? I would give it an 8 out of 10. I'd give it a B. So, yeah, uh, I would actually I would be right around a B as well. That's so interesting. That you would say love it and give it a B. I would think that'd be more like a B plus, a minus. Once I get into the A's of my grading scale, anyway, uh-huh, yeah, that's the echelon of movies. Okay, so, so it's not quite there. Yeah. Okay. It's just really good. Yeah, A plus is where my echelon is. Really, I've, I've given like three A pluses hmm. in my five years of officially doing. You know, movies and that kind of stuff. Yeah, a ten out of ten is in extremely rare for me. Yeah, like I think and I've the probably last... done a dozen or so A's. I think the last ten out of ten I gave was four years ago, three years ago, something like that. So yeah, it's been a while. What was it? Uh, Prisoners. And I know you did not like that movie I, as much I, as me. That blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like I get what can be. Man, a ten out of ten for Prisoners. That is. Yep, 10 out of 10. Well, we're not going to spend our time arguing about that on this podcast. <laughs> well, we can because well, Danae's not here now, right, so right. we, can we can make all the lists we, we want. We can list things. That's what we'll do. We'll list things. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out the Sif Pop podcast. Uh, this podcast exists because people support it with their dollar dollar bills, y'all. Indeed. Uh, if you want to do that, patreon.com slash shoe the dough which is the name of the podcast network that Sif Pop is on, patreon.com slash shoe the dough. You can give a buck a month, three bucks a month, $5 a month. There's perks that go along with the different levels. Um, and even beyond that, you can know that you're keeping this podcast going. Uh, this is a listener-funded podcast. We could not do it without you. So thank you to those who are our patrons. Very much. And thank you to those who are considering being our patrons. Again, you can go to shoe the dough, patreon.com slash shoe the dough. If you want to give, and thanks ahead of time. Again, yes, thank you very, very much.
It's a complete fact, Andrew, a complete fact. I'm trying not to laugh in the microphone. Oh no. Oh no. No way. I just love that you've sung both of the songs we've played. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Meatloaf, as sung by actual Meatloaf in the movie Sausage Party. Uh, this is going, man, this is going to be an interesting review. Uh, yeah. I, I am so curious to hear your thoughts on this. And uh, and as we talk about this, just for a little bit of context before we kind of go into the movie itself, Sausage Party is Seth Rogen and the crew uh, doing their own animated, I mean, computer-generated, yeah. also hand-drawn animation in there at some points, very rated R, very pushing the line kind of comedy, and uh, but with a point, with a message, which I think we should find interesting to talk about. Uh, about that as we kind of go into it. So. A little bit of trivia for you. Sure. So as vulgar and raunchy as this movie was, they only had to cut uh, three seconds of the movie to keep it from being NC-17. I This is an NC-17 movie. You're not going to convince me this should have been a rated R movie. There, there is Especially one scene, the last bit of there it. There is the end scene, not the end end scene, but one of the final scenes of this movie. Yeah, I'm NC-17. Like, yeah, I'm like, how? And a half. How? How? How in the world... Did they get that, like, I just, it's, again, the rating system is broken, right? But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just just to be clear, Seth Rogen and uh, the writers of this movie are going all out on the adult of this animated film. This is probably sense. the most R-rated <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. The most R-rated animated film ever. That possibly could be. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk uh, in general. Since you started last time, I'll start uh, in this one. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm upset to say I have to say this was okay. Like I even as raunchy as it was, it would be wrong for me to say that I didn't like it because yeah. there are some things here that are done really really well. So just want to be, you know, honest about those things. What did you think? I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I you know what for a, and I hate saying it because I don't want to be that guy uh-huh. that loves the vulgar uh, sure. you know toilet humor. Sure. But it worked so well in this movie. But I, have I to, laughed a lot. But I, I can tell you that's not the stuff that I enjoyed about this movie. No, this However, movie is smart. This, yeah, that's the stuff I enjoyed. This movie is very smart in what you would think is, I guess I, I oh, I did say I thought it was okay. Yeah. And you said you liked it. It's smart in a way that is often seen as dumb humor. And I love it when a movie can do that. Um, Mike Judge is really good at this, too. Very. He can be very, very smart about what is seen as typically, you know, um, lowest common denominator type humor. I'm thinking of, like, puns. This movie is really smart about its puns and the way that it uses them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, so I really do think clever is the word that comes to mind, yeah. you know, when I think of a movie like that. And without spoiling anything, without giving anything away, I just think a lot of these jokes are really clever. As crass as they are and as rude as they are, mm-hmm. they are really clever. Yeah. Voice acting all around, really good. Especially Nick Kroll, who was the villain. He was probably my favorite character in the whole film. Nick Kroll. Yeah. 
Who's that? Why? I mean, I know that name. Do you ever watch The League? No. Okay. But I know yeah. I know who that is if I saw a picture. Yeah. Yeah. But so what, but continue. So, why don't you? I'll look him up. Uh, I had no idea, by the way, that until I saw the. Um, uh, let's just say the credits that that was Edward Norton. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was, knew. I was just like, "That's Edward Norton," because he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Nick Kroll. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's funny is he's doing a Woody Allen impersonation basically in this movie. Yeah, as you know, uh, a Jewish bagel. And here, like, can we just go ahead and get into this as we start to talk about you know this movie? This movie was really trying to say something. You know, you it kind of used the supermarket as a metaphor. Yeah. For the world, right? So, yeah, the bagel and the lavash, you know, that whole thing. So they shared an aisle, the Jewish food, yeah, and then the, um, what would you, what would you call Middle it? Eastern. Middle Eastern food, or, yeah. so it was, you know, it was basically like Israel and Palestine yeah. in the same aisle, and then there were also, you know, sections of the supermarket that represented the homosexual community, there were sections of the, you know, supermarket that represented a different races. Yeah. Like a Hispanic food, the yeah. Asian market, and yeah. then uh the alcohol aisle and sure, yeah. sure. The Fire partiers, water. yeah, yeah. Native American, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So all that stuff. Which that was here. Bill Hader. Did you know that? Now I do. Yeah. Now I do. I can put that together now <laughs> for sure. I. It, but that's also a good thing when a movie with voice actors. When you're not playing the game of oh who's that I know that voice and I didn't feel like I was doing that a lot in this movie I was just kind of accepting those voices and there's some actors out there like Seth Rogen whose voice is so distinctive you mm-hmm. can't help but know that Seth Rogen or that's Jonah Hill right so but for the most part yeah voice act they actually got a bunch of professional voice actors to be in this movie even Selma Hayek was in the movie mm-hmm. so was she the taco she was a taco yeah yeah so I again. There's, you know, um, a lot here that is done very clever. I have to say, though, where the movie falls apart for me and the reason I, you know, I'm not even going to be going beyond it's okay is it wants to say a lot, but then it almost short circuits its own ability to do so. And I don't want to give anything away until the spoiler section. Okay. Maybe we'll do brief spoilers on this as well. Okay. But it has an addendum scene, not after the credits. It's just at the very end of the movie. And the, that addendum scene is basically saying, oh, we don't have to take any of this seriously. But you've spent the whole movie telling us to take it seriously. I don't know. It's like you can't have it both ways. That's interesting because I kind of similar the way I took it. Is, it's a little bit different because I thought that they were building up to that moment, mm-hmm. the whole movie. And then they they said everything they needed to say, except they said it all super quick and they just rushed through it at the very end without spending the time they needed to get the actual point across. Mm-hmm. So I think they did say it. They just like the whole movie building up to it. We're going to we're going to make this, you know, social statement. Mm-hmm. And then here's the social statement real quick. Let's get back to the fun. Yeah, it was interesting in that way. And I also felt like I could have used like I'm all for a tolerance message, which I think this movie, if you wanted to kind of boil the theme down is about tolerance and understanding different people's ideas, and especially in dealing with religion. This movie very very, religious very much deals with religious thought. The, the problem I had with the way it dealt with this is we're in a world where we know the truth. Mm-hmm. So we know the absolute truth of this world. Yeah. And the characters in this world also then find out, quote-unquote, the absolute truth. Well, that doesn't compare very well to our world where <laughs> nobody comes back from death. To be able to tell us the absolute truth. You know what I mean? So there is a little bit of, you know, respecting other people's viewpoints because you don't know for sure that yours is true. Whereas in this movie, 
they want to say that, but then they also know for sure what is true. Yeah. So it makes it a little difficult in that way, I think. Yeah. Was there anything about the movie that uh, that you didn't like? Honestly, for like it was super crude and vulgar. I've said that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. They pushed it too far at that ending. Yeah, I agree. It went way too far. Like to the point I was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. And there weren't a lot of people in our theater, but I still <laughs> felt a little dirty. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they've definitely pushed that way too far at the end there. But uh I can't really think of much I didn't like. Yeah. Like it wasn't amazing, but everything they did, they did pretty good. What about the animation? I liked it a lot. Did you? It kind of had that. I thought raisin- it was really basic. I th- I, that's what I loved about it, that oh, okay, raisinette. Okay. The raisinette, you know. Pl- uh, you mean the California raisins? Yeah. <laughs> Back Cal- in the day. Yeah, exactly. You know, just white gloves, black yeah, yeah. stick legs. You know, that's that's fun. It was the. It's the characters from the let's all go to the movies. Let's all go concession to the movie. thing. Yeah, yeah. So. But I like that because it's the animation is so innocent. Mm-hmm. Like the art style and everything. It definitely has that Pixar DreamWorks feel to it. And then the fact that they turn it and they make it a Seth Rogen in company movie, that's really if they had made it, you know, like a dark and gritty comedy with like or I mean like an art style, you know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been as funny. It's the fact that they chose oh, that sure. art style. Well and you know what it is? You know what the art style reminded me of more than anything else is Veggie Tales. Did you ever see any of the Veggie Tales? I did. Now, I did. I'm from the Christian bubble, so I've seen them all. But I mean it's that exact same kind of animation of. I thought you know, it was way better than the VeggieTales animation. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a little bit worse than the VeggieTales animation. That's funny. Maybe well, I, I only saw like here, cheeseburger here and stuff. It's like a that. little bit better than the first VeggieTales animation. It's a little bit worse than the current VeggieTales animation. Oh, is it still going on? Yeah, they've evolved quite a bit. But... Okay, because I, I only saw like cheeseburger and stuff like that. Nice. So. Back in the day, um, this is that's what this reminded me of. Is like somebody made like a rated R Veggie Tale. Like it even has like a religious theme to it. Like you know, I mean, yeah. it's it's just kind of I don't know. I I couldn't shake that that out of my head that you know that somebody had kind of taken the Veggie Tales and you know turned them into some sort of adult cartoon. Yeah. So, but I guess yeah, DreamWorks and Pixar, their animation has come so far now yeah. that I think about There's it. There's a lot of photorealism in it, even. Exactly. There's no photorealism in this at all. <laughs> oh, what would you grade it? What would you give it? I'd give it a 7.2, 7.3, something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I was going to go with a C plus or a B minus. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. But, uh, so, for me. It's definitely not their funniest movie. It's one of their most unique movies. I got to Okay, that's another thing. We always talked about from Peach Dragon how everything in this day and age is a remake or mm-hmm. a rehash of this movie is pretty original. It is an original film. Yeah. You have to give it that. And not just like it's not a remake, but the concept is pretty original. Think about it. Oh, it's original, all right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I will never I will never be able to get some of that stuff out of my head. Nope. Like it, that's burned in there. That's there's just it's just not okay, Andrew. Yeah. It's not okay. <laughs> It's not okay. Are you worried that there's a bunch of people out there who are going to take their kids to see this because they're thinking, oh, it's an animated movie? Oh, I hope not. Because... How would they... I mean, certainly... It does say rated R Yeah. But do you think that there's some people out there who just carte blanche, if it's animated, it's okay for kids? Oh, that's going to be a bad night at the house. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's not okay. So. Oh. I think they, they won't make it to the ending... 
if if that's the case because oh, they'll figure out but way before that. Here's what I'm going to say is the is the worst case scenario. You ready for this? Okay. Red box. Mm. Getting a video for the kids, keep them busy while you're doing something else. Yeah. So then there's no even supervision. Yeah. And then, you know, then those kids are ruined forever, Andrew. They're ruined forever. <laughs> do you think though that they're marketing this to kids or do you think that's all on the parents if it happens that way? Like is it partially their responsibility if that happens? Honestly, if if you show your kids this movie accidentally, 100% it is your fault. It is okay. not the fault of the production company. I think company. a little bit of it has to lay there, but... Every single trailer for this movie has been a Red Band trailer. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that they show you in this... From the music that they they use Snoop Dogg in the trailer, mm-hmm. every marketing aspect has been telling you this looks like a kid's, but don't be fooled. This is definitely an adult film, and I think that they could not have made that more clear. All right. Well, I think parents just be aware. That is always the main thing. Just be aware. If you look at the poster for the movie, it says from the creators of Sausage Party and Pineapple Express. They're telling you, or from uh. Super bad and pineapple right, right, express. Yeah, yeah. So they're laying it all out that this is an adult movie. It's also like the South Park, I think, is another great example of this kind of thing. Like the South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Oh, for the in theaters? Yeah, yeah. I think that everybody and their mother knows that South Park is for adults, though. You think so? Oh, do you know people who think that it's a cartoon so it's for kids? I don't know. I just think if you're that person, like you don't, you aren't paying attention. You yeah. know, it's just like then oh, again, a cartoon. See, th- again, I think that that's your fault. Then, yeah, I probably agree. So, all right, you ready for the best ever challenge? Let's do it. All right, we're gonna name our top three movies in a particular category: the best ever movies. In this case, featuring a dragon. Yes, we're coming off of Pete's Dragon. Uh, Andrew, why don't you start in your number three? Number three, we're gonna go with Reign of Fire. The Matthew McConaughey Christian Bale. Film. Yes, we are. That's my number three as well. Is it really? I, it really is. I love that <laughs> that's movie. That's a good movie. I, people tell me that's an awful movie. I'm like, you need they're, to watch it again. They're wrong. It's a good movie. I love it so much. Um, it is one of those Christian Bale movies that a lot of people haven't seen. I yeah. think you know, and there's just something about the way dragons are used in that movie mm-hmm. that is really captivating. And yeah. I know there's some cheesiness to it in the plot. You know, has a couple points where it doesn't make sense, but man, that movie hit me right at the right time. I think too. Maybe it's for the fact that every single movie you can think of, dragons are treated as magical creatures. Where they try to make in this movie, Reign of Fire, they try to make dragons as scientific as possible. Yes, exactly. I think that's why, and also that's what it is. That's exactly it. I'm not going to lie, it took me multiple viewings to realize that that was Matthew McConaughey, that bald. A biker look that he had, you yeah. know. I, it took me forever to realize. Oh, that's McConaughey. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Where's his bongos? No, no, no. Totally, I totally agree. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go for my number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my number two is Dragonheart. That's my okay. That is <laughs> my number two. No, it isn't. It's I your sw- number two. I swear to God, it's right there. <laughs> Dragonheart, Sean Connery. Uh, yep. This is this is a talking dragon movie, and yep. that it's certainly not a perfect film. No. But again, one that hit me right at the exact right time, and I love the performances in it. I love the voicing of the dragon, and uh, I just I have a really good time with it. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Would you add anything to that? Um, Just for the fact that there are actually tones in that movie that are very similar to what you saw in this newest version of Peach Dragon, where 
you have to it's about respect really mm-hmm. and i think i think that in peach dragon i should have mentioned that as my one last thing i think respect is the number one uh like messages that they were trying to get across in peach dragon and i think respect is the number one message they try to get across in dragon heart as well all right i would be actually surprised if our number one isn't the same but maybe it's not okay what do you got Neverending Story. It is not the same. Oh, okay. We have a difference. So, yeah, technically, Falcor is a luck dragon. Absolutely. No, and, I, I get that. Um, I'm trying to see. Oh, I know what yours is because I'm looking at it right now. Your pop head <laughs> and figure in the back. So, I, I was not a fan of those movies, actually. But, yeah, dr- uh, Neverending Story, it's one of my favorite kids' movies of all time. And I remember whenever I was a kid, uh, the Gamork. Mm-hmm. The wolf, yeah, scared crap right? out of me. Right, oh, it's terrifying. It, to this day, it's terrifying. But if you watch it now, you're like, oh, that's an animatronic wolf. It still looks creepy. And and back in the day, it was like that thing is going to eat me. Yeah, like I am, I will be no more. Yeah, exactly. The, the nothing has me. Yeah, but you know, I think that was the first time that you know they'd done that art style of dragon, because you know it's always like. Ever since the 1960s movies Dragon Slayer, I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever saw that one. No. Yeah, it's old, super old movie, but it was a great dragon. Like it was a claymation, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, love Neverending Story, and <laughs> go ahead, go with your number one dragon. Movie. How to Train Your Dragon. Yep. And I'll count one and two, kind of as the same kind of thing, so that they don't take up two slots on my list. I love them both. Um, I love these characters. I love this world. Uh, Toothless is. In my mind, the greatest dragon ever invented. <laughs> so cool. Uh, I love the world. Mm-hmm. Like the world of how the Vikings, you know, used to work with the dragons and the different kinds of dragons. And just the, uh, I love the strategy of it, how different dragons do different things and you have to learn what they do. The first time I saw uh, uh, How to Train Your Dragon in theaters, it was just like wish fulfillment. It was like little boy wish fulfillment, you know, okay. riding a dragon and just the way they shot those scenes and the 3D in that movie is is I think underrated. It's one of one of the greatest 3D movies, uh, the original How to Train Your Dragon. Because some of those flying scenes are just absolutely phenomenal. Was the first uh, How to Train or the second one with the super giant dragon at the very end that they had to? That was the second one. Okay. Yeah, All that right. was the second one. All right then. But um, but yeah, so that's absolutely my number one. What are some ones we didn't uh, didn't talk about? Do you have any others? Uh, well, Dragon Slayer, like I mentioned, there's also... Aragon. Aragon is one. You can technically count the Dungeons and Dragons movies, but they're could atrocious. You count, could you count the Desolation of Smaug? I was just about to say you could count Desolation of Smaug. So Smaug. the Hobbit stuff you could probably count. And out of all of the Hobbit movies, which I did not like, Desolation was the best one. Yeah, I'm with you on the the Hobbit movies were very disappointing, but I did love... I loved Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smaug, and of course I love Martin Freeman, so yeah, seeing those two do that thing was pretty cool. All right, there you go. So do we don't have a, an agreement on number one, so I guess if we were to agree on one, it would have to be Dragon our number Heart? two, yeah. Dragonheart. That's yeah. a shame. <laughs> I like, but that's that's what it is. But we did agree on Rain of Fire. We're like the two people in the world that say that's a good movie. That's right. That's right. So. All right, let's move on to our buried treasure. We'll finish off with this. This is the one thing in pop culture that we felt like we wanted you to unearth this week. What do you got, Andrew? So mine is a video game that just got released. As everybody here knows, I am a huge DC fan. 
And my... It's your favorite type of electrical current. It is, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not an alternating current. I think Nikola Tesla was a phony. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he is my number one favorite historical figure. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) No, no, the newest... Do you ever play any Telltale games? Uh, yeah. So they just released Batman the Telltale Telltale's series. like... They've been doing games for a long time, right? Like, I remember them having, like, some of, like, the adventure, almost text-based yeah. adventure games back in they the day. They did the Jurassic Park game, which was not mm-hmm. all that great, but I think the ones that they're the most famous for are the Walking Dead Telltale mm-hmm. series sure. or The Wolf Among Us, Tales from the Borderlands, the Minecraft uh, Telltale series, and their newest one, Batman the Telltale series... It is so good. Oh, man. The fact what makes that, it so good? So everybody knows that you, there are different versions of Batman. There's the Frank Miller, dark, gritty, going to beat everybody to a pulp. There's the Adam West one. And then there's the 1990 animated one where Bruce Wayne was really the detective. You know, mm-hmm. you get, as a Telltale style, you get to choose your own adventure. So through your actions, you can inhabit your favorite version of batman you can be the bruce wayne there's parts in it like do i want to solve this as bruce wayne in detective mode or do i want to do a stealth mission as batman you get to choose everything just released the first episode if you're not familiar with the way telltale does things they release their stories episodically or they'll release part one of the game and then next month they'll release part two you can buy what's called a series or a season pass where you get everything once it's released, or you can just buy each episode as you like. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. I don't know that I'd like it. I've, I've stopped gaming in that way, so mm-hmm. you know it may just be a little too much for me, but plus I'm not a huge Batman fan yeah. uh, in that way, but um, but sounds interesting for sure. I love when a game can take an interesting concept you know, and, and draw on it in those ways. So And I think the thing cool. that I love about games so much is... Yeah, shooters are great and stuff like that, but the thing that really captivates me are RPGs, and if a game has a very captivating story, it automatically has me. Story above all else. Um, This is not my buried treasure, but I wanted to tell you I finally started watching Narcos, because I know you enjoyed it so much, and it's been forever, but I wanted to tell you I finally got around to it. What are you thinking? Uh, I think it is one of the most engaging TV shows I've ever seen. (laughs) I I mean, the drug... drug, I... (laughs) I want to go and look how much of this is actual, like, truth and fact, because, I mean, obviously the characters are real. The show is based off of the book of the uh, DEA agent. So. Yeah. Uh, man, it's, whew, it's it's crazy good. Like, mm-hmm. crazy compelling Yeah, uh, in that way. No, My Buried Treasure is a movie that's been out for uh, a long time, but as we were watching an animated film made for adults... Uh, it is my favorite animated film uh, that I think is made for adults, although many may think it was made for kids. Fantastic Mr. Fox, I wanted to bring up and say, if you have never gotten a chance to see Wes Anderson's stop-motion animation film, give it a chance. It is unlike any other stop-motion animated film I've ever seen. And to combine his aesthetic with kind of a children's story is really interesting to me, and I think it's... Uh, it's one that people should check out. And I didn't think that that dry turned up to 11 style of humor that you see in like Darjeeling Limited mm-hmm. or yeah, Rushmore. Yeah. I didn't think that was going to really lend itself to an animated. It's perfect. It is. It's isn't so it? perfect. Oh, and and I forget. What is the... The cuss you will. Yeah, the, the, they just say cuss yeah, instead they don't, of cussing. Yeah, they don't cuss. They technically cuss. They just say literally the word cuss. Yeah. Like, cuss you. Uh-huh. And it's it's perfect because it's such... it's. 
not only does it uh, you know allow it to be a PG movie, mm-hmm. but it also emphasizes how we use words and how people use swear words. And there's almost kind of a message there about you know it doesn't even matter what the word is; we know what the intention is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I find that movie all over to be you know a wonderful experience and and something that that everybody should check out. Absolutely. So. All right, that's it. We did it. We did it, Andrew. We did it. Woohoo! This is an applaud for you. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. A huge thanks today to Mr. Andrew. Hey, me. I'm awesome. How can everybody find you? Uh, besides this, if you want to find me on my YouTube channel, head over to youtube.com forward slash flickfreaks. We do reaction videos, reviews, just like here. We also do Let's Plays. We're going to be doing a Let's Play series in that uh, Batman Telltale series. If you want to get a more in-depth look on how I feel on the game, you can watch me play it live. And uh, any form of social media, head over to any of those at forward slash Flick Freaks. Most likely you'll find us. Also, big thanks to our under the weather friend, Danae Hughes. Yay. Please feel better. You can find Danae by searching Danae Hughes in Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might do your social media. She's a fun follow. And as for me, I'm Aaron Dicer. You can find me at yourmoviefriend.com. Do all my YouTube reviews there. Uh, If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, it's just my name, Aaron Dicer. And of course, you can check out all our other podcasts as well. That's Aaron and Danae at AaronAndDanae.com. Also, huge thanks to our patrons. We could not do it without you. Thanks for supporting this show and making it possible. If you're interested, a buck a month is where support starts, and it comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at Patreon.com slash ShoeTheDough. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, make sure and let us know. All feedback is welcome at AaronAndDanae at gmail.com. I go and cook while commercials are going on. Yeah. And I cook. It makes me feel awful because same thing whenever Biggest Loser comes on, I have no moral compass, so I will eat the most <laughs> unhealthy things possible whenever Biggest Loser or the Olympics is going Does on. Does that mean you have no moral compass? I don't know because like normally whenever there's something wrong with me because whenever the Olympics or Biggest Loser's on, people are like, I'm going to eat a salad. I'm going to go work out. It motivates people. For me, it does the exact opposite. I don't know what's wrong with me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.